0: The weirdest moment that I had in more than seven years of a professional relationship with Larry Fedora as we come to your calls. Adam is in Chapel Hill. Chuck is in Greensboro. Michael, Gary, and others want in as well. 1-800-849-2761. When you do what I do long enough... You start to see themes and trends. You never know football better than the college football coach. You never know basketball better than the college basketball coach. But sometimes you can see big picture things even better than they can as the guys in the trenches. Mac Brown, for example, was infinitely better at managing the big picture during his time at Carolina and at Texas than he ever was or will be in terms of X's and O's. I think he'll even tell you that. He rebranded Carolina football. He built relationships with high school coaches and families, etc. He rebranded Texas football all the way to a national championship after the Longhorns had fallen from those conversations for a long time prior to his departure. Mack Brown was the master of the big picture. Mack Brown knew he wasn't the master of the X's and O's and hired others to do that through all that success with the Tar Heels and all that success with the Longhorns. The weirdest moment of seven-plus years of a very positive, very professional relationship with Larry Fedora, including dozens of visits here on the David Glenn Show, came after his best season with the Tar Heels. Some folks have asked me, what's the biggest difference between coaching in college football or coaching in college basketball? And I say, well, one of the biggest differences is college basketball coaches tend to see the players, more of the players they recruit, in their junior and senior year college football coaches rarely see it to a degree that might surprise you now all of you know that even college basketball coaches coach k is not going to see zion williamson and rj barrett beyond one year with the blue devils we all get that we also understand that in football and basketball there are more outgoing and incoming transfers than ever before So whether the label is on football or basketball, there's roster chaos. There's no doubt about that. But one reason that, say, Roy Williams, Mike Krzyzewski even, the majority of players that he signs, he will see all the way through their junior and senior year. In football, you know what happens? Either somebody gets hurt and gives up football, somebody transfers out, somebody transfers in so that you only have them for a year or two, or here's the real whopper, In football, you leave. You leave prior to, say, the five-year cycle is up where you go from signing somebody as a high school senior to actually seeing him graduate, grab that diploma, or even if you fall apart academically, just exhaust your eligibility over four seasons at the college level, right? You might be surprised, pick your favorite football coach, and I don't mean the legends like Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, et cetera. I mean assistant coaches who worked their way into being head coaches. Do you know how long Larry Fedora stayed at Southern Miss as the head coach there, a very successful one? Four years exactly. So the guys that he, that he signed during his first year, remember they're in their senior year of high school, he didn't see them go through their senior year at Southern Miss. When you add up Larry Fedora's coaching career that goes back to 1986, do you know how many coaching stops there were where he saw the high school senior all the way through his college senior year? One. It happened at Baylor when he was an assistant coach for six consecutive years. That was the exception. Otherwise, he was at Air Force for a little while, then Middle Tennessee for a little while, then Florida for three years, Oklahoma State for three years, Southern Miss again for four years in his first head coaching opportunity. And then there he was in year four with the Tar Heels. Again, he hasn't seen the high school senior go all the way through his college senior year yet. This is a relatively new experience for a lot of college football coaches. And I have always wondered deep down inside, Given the nomadic nature of you as a college football coach, most of you, certainly as an assistant, but to a degree even as a head coach, how do you really, really empty the effort bucket as a recruiter when no exaggeration, nine times out of ten, You don't see the recruits that you do sign through their senior year of college. You're off to your next job. You're off to be a head coach if you're an assistant coach. You're off to the bigger job if you're a successful head coach. So there's Larry Fedora in his fourth year as the head coach of the Tar Heels. It was 2015. Four years as the head coach at Southern Miss. His last year they went 12-2. and He had conquered all that there was to be conquered there, right? He took Southern Miss to a national top 25 finish. They even won their bowl game that year. 12 wins and two losses at Southern Miss. So he inherited a program that was seven wins. And by year four, 12 and two, he didn't have to answer the next question. Well, what do we do from here at Southern Miss? Like, oh my gosh, now that I've seen freshmen through their senior year and they just helped me win 12 games, setting a school record in the process, I don't have to figure out how to to build on greatness because why? Well, I'm at Southern Miss in Conference USA, and if you do what I just did for four years and you peak with 12 wins and finish in the national top 20, of course somebody else is going to come calling. That somebody else was the University of North Carolina. He never had to answer what's next at Southern Miss. He never had to answer What happens in year five or six or seven at any of his coaching stops? Again, with that one exception as a really young guy at Baylor. So there he is at UNC. You got the crazy AFAM scandal, negative headlines, resolved without sanctions, but it still hurt him on the recruiting trail. He won eight games his first year. He won seven games his second year. He won six games in the regular season and made another bowl in his third year, lost the bowl to finish six and seven. So there he is in year four, remember, peaked in his fourth year. Sign of any great coach, you're building towards something good, right? First or second year, you might struggle. Look at David Cutcliffe at Duke in his latter years compared to the very beginning at Duke. Look at Dave Klaassen more recently at Wake, three straight bowls, compared to his first couple of years there. Great coaches tend to build, Right. Over time with their recruits, by three and four years, you have more of your own guys there. And Larry Fedora was sitting pretty. Year four at Southern Miss, his blueprint was working. 12 wins. Top 20 in the national polls. Year four at Carolina, the blueprint was working again. School record 11 wins, 8-0 and in conference play for the first time probably since Charlie Choo Choo Justice was running around, only a slight exaggeration. They go to another bowl game. They finish in the national top 15. Larry Fedora is a guest on the David Glenn Show in the aftermath of one of the great seasons in modern Carolina football history. And I ask him live on the air, Coach, You've led a somewhat nomadic existence as an assisted coach. You've been a lot of places. You haven't signed many high school seniors that you ended up seeing graduate as college seniors. You were only at Southern Miss for four years as a head coach, so you didn't have to ask, what's next with the Southern Miss program? What's next now that you have the Tar Heels peaking? You only lost a one-possession game to Clemson in the ACC title game. You just finished number 15 in the national polls. Tar Heels hadn't been that high maybe since Mac Brown left town for the Texas job in the late 1980s. So almost 20 years, Larry Fedora had the Tar Heels peaking, and again, it was year four. And I will never forget, I filed it away in the moment, not sure if it would ever matter. His answer live on our statewide program was, D.G., that's a really good question. Nobody's ever asked me that before, and to be honest— I've never thought about that before. And again, I will never claim, as the old saying goes, coaches have forgotten more about their sport than I will know. But if you're around stuff long enough, you can see the forest for the trees sometimes better than even a coach can. And to me, it was a massive nuclear alert red flag that Larry Fedora said, that's a great question. I've never been asked that before, and to be honest, I've never thought about that before. And, and, and to be clear, that's a totally different type of DG, that's a great question, than I would say we normally get. For instance, I was, I was cutting up some audio from uh, recent visits with Mike Krzyzewski, Roy Williams, Jeff Capel uh, from ACC Operation Basketball. Over the weekend, yeah. I, was, I was doing this, and I just happened to think of it because each one of those coaches gave you a, that's a great question. In Kay's case, he actually thanked you for asking one of the questions. That was pretty cool. Coach (laughs) Kay asks questions on his radio show, and trust me, he doesn't suffer fools well. So when he said, not only is that a great question, D.G., I thank you for asking it. I mean, that's a a compliment from a Hall of (laughs) Famer who also knows what it's like to be a radio host. So that's as high as the compliments get. And, yeah, I felt like it was a compliment from Larry Fedora. Hopefully you're building a montage of, hey, D.G., that's a really good question. Dabo has given us a few of those over the years. He joins us again live in about 60 minutes. So it was fun to hear Larry Fedora say, you know, that's a really good question. It was alarming. And I got emails from Carolina fans about it that day, three years ago. What do you mean you've never thought of that before? And if you think about it, I don't mean for PR reasons. I don't mean to pacify the fan base or your athletic director or anything else. I mean, logically, when you get where you want to go, in climbing the mountain, there's nowhere higher to go, right? I guess if you're on certain mountains, it's dangerous to get back down. So you better need a plan just to get back down the mountain. You know, people die, Darren, climbing and then going down Mount Everest. You better have somebody who knows what they're doing on your side. And it was a little bit like that. Okay, you've gotten the Tar Heels to 11 wins. You just tied the school record for victories. You just played a close game against Clemson in the title game. You just finished in the national top 15 and you haven't thought about what's next because you've never been in the same place long enough to think about, well, man, when I got to 12 wins at Southern Miss, I just, like, took the better job at Carolina. Now that I'm at 11 wins at Carolina, wow, I guess I need a plan on how to build after I've been close to the top of the mountain. And he was being genuine. This is a guy who's the son of a barber. He is not a PR guy. Heck, In fact, you all know he stepped in PR doo-doo with his comments about CTE and its place in football, and there was a little bit of denialism in there, and it just didn't come out the right way, and he was in all the wrong headlines for that one. Then he also talked about football and its changing rules being attached to the decline of American culture and society, and he stepped in another pile with that weird stuff. He's the son of a barber high school football coach to his core, Larry Fedora, and he is a tunnel vision guy. And there's nothing wrong with tunnel vision as long as when you've gotten through winning the next game or you've gotten through accomplishing your 11 win season. Okay, tunnel vision helped get you there. But Mac Brown, as the master of the big picture, never, ever, and I've interviewed him since 1988, never would have said, I've never thought about that before. Never. It would be. Well, now that the Tar Heels have branded themselves as an 11-and-win team, now that they just had their first 8-0 season in conference play, shouldn't that help with in-state recruiting and out-of-state recruiting? And it should have been now that Marquise Williams was a record-setting quarterback and Bryn Renner before him, and it was about to be Mitch Trubisky as the top five NFL draft pick, just like I found Mitch Trubisky in Ohio and convinced him to go all the way to the University of North Carolina, just like I found Ryan Switzer, You know, Trubisky now starting for the Bears. Switzer now a key player for the Steelers. I found him in West Virginia. He was a great fit for our offense. He was a great fit for our return game. And I turned him into an NFL prospect or helped. Of course, player deserves most of the credit. But coaches matter in this stuff. The answer would have had to involve, well, the next step, is improving high school relations because of this track record of success and finding the next generation of future NFL players and future college stars in a way that helped me win at Southern Miss and helped me win these first four years at Carolina. It was the most unexpected answer Larry Fedora gave me in almost a decade of being a guest of mine on the air, off the air, and otherwise. Again, great professional arm's-length relationship. It's not only the wrong answer in terms of public relations. It's the wrong answer, period. You needed a bigger, better plan about how to retain your top assistant coaches. You needed a bigger, better plan on how to retain your top recruiters and build on the success you had started to have with Trubisky and Switzer, among others, out of state and a variety of guys in state. The Tar Heels needed to ride that to a crescendo rather than... Gosh, now that I'm so successful in year four, I, best, I guess I better think about what's next. It was the wrong answer in more important ways than public relations. And frankly, you saw his staff fall apart. You saw his recruiting fall apart. You never saw the defensive problems go away entirely. You never saw the penalty problems go away entirely. You never saw the boneheaded mental mistakes and undisciplined play go away for the Larry Fedora-led Tar Heels. He actually had a better-than-average resume if you're willing to look at his seven-year body of work. When you're four years into that and you've climbed maybe not to the top of Mount Everest, he didn't win the ACC title or a national championship, but you've taken Carolina as far as it's gone for a long time, and it's been forever for you as a football coach that you stayed in the same place for more than four years in a row. You have to have the bigger picture in mind. Larry Fedora clearly didn't, and three years, three years, what have you done for me lately? Three years after tying the school record for wins, he's out of a job. And if you needed to trace it to a moment as I recollect it, it was that answer to that question. Credit to him for being honest. He's an honest guy. He probably gets in trouble for his honesty like many of us do. Admitting DG – I've never thought of that before. That's a great question. I'm not sure what the blueprint is for how to build on the great season because I've never been anywhere longer than four years in a row. It's an honest answer. It's also the wrong answer. And three years later, we have all the evidence we could possibly need that he was severely lacking when it came to how to build on 11-3 and three and a top 15 finish in 2015.